company with me as I read these words. And he said to them, Acts chapter 1 verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father had put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Heavenly Father, let your word bring light into every heart. Challenge us today and cause us to arise to truly be witnesses for you in our Jerusalem, in Judea, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. My wife and I are delighted to be back to this church to fellowship with you today. The last time we were here was a little over two years ago in September uh, 2018 at your harvest. You will recall that I shared a bit of a testimony of how God you know, has delivered me from the ravages of cancer. And uh, I want to thank all of you who took it upon yourself to be praying for me. And two years after, I am here again, looking even better than I did then. Isn't the Lord faithful? Amen. I'm a project in his hands. How many of you know we are projects in the hands of the Lord? If you're a project, raise your hand. i got good news for you today. God never abandons his project. He will perfect all that concerns you and your loved ones. He will perfect all that concerns your health by reason of the covenant in his blood. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to say to you today, it shall be well with you. It shall be well with your wife. It shall be well with your husband. It shall be well with your sons and daughters and grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together if you're a believer. Before uh, I go into the message today, I want to give some preambles. And the preamble I want to give uh, is to first of all thank the uh, Venerable Prof for the privilege to come again and fellowship here and to speak. It's a privilege and my wife and I are delighted for that privilege. Prof and I go way back, way back to the 70s as students. In the 70s, if you are born again, it was a very unpopular thing. Hello? It was very unpopular. It was very dangerous. Particularly in the university, if you say you are born again, you are likely going to be the object of ridicule. They are going to call you names. 
They're going to call you Juman and all sorts of denigrating names. They will think you came from the moon. Today, everybody is born again. So you can't even tell who is born again and who is not. Then you could tell. Hallelujah. I remember when I went into the university in the, to read architecture in 1972, I was the only person in the entire school of architecture who was born again. Only person. So you can imagine the, the pressure I felt at that time. But you know, the Lord kept me, hallelujah. And many of us who were living for Christ in that dispensation, the Lord kept us and decided to make us a signet for his glory. So he lifted me up and raised me up and made me shine for him. By the time I had finished with the university, I had become the first person in the Department of Architecture to make a first class honors in the history of the university. Hallelujah. God is faithful. I'm not saying this out of pride. I'm saying this as a testimony for you to know that to know Jesus is to be excellent and to be the best in any calling of life. It is not to be a mediocre. Today, as an architect, I made up my mind to be the best architect there can be. And wherever you go in this environment, in this town, among architects, I mention my name. They know. They know that this is a man who loves Jesus and who is excellent in his ways. That should be your testimony also in the workplace. Hallelujah. Wherever God has placed us, he wants us to be a signet for him. He wants us to be a signet. He doesn't want us to be second best. He wants us to be the best for Christ. Today, we're in a generation where a lot of priorities have been misplaced. And Christians have been so submerged in all the issues and affairs of life. We have been distracted by a lot of things going on in the social media, in all the spheres of life. There is so much distraction and the church itself is distracted also. The church wants to be socially relevant. The church wants to be politically relevant. And that's a major distraction from the core mandate of the church. We have misplaced our priorities, abandoning the primary commission and spending more time serving tables and seeking social relevance. Many of you who have been following the news in recent times, you will know that in the U.S., as part of the build-up to the elections that was concluded recently in November, men of God embraced Donald Trump across many churches in the U.S. And we're even prophesying, thus says the Lord, here is your next president. They say he was going to win the election. God, and they were quoting God. Some of them were giving visions and narrating how Jesus took them to heaven and showed them many things. 
and told them how Trump will win a second time. You know, when I read all those things, I laughed. Why did I laugh? Because in this dispensation, God does not choose presidents over nations. Hear me well. He doesn't choose presidents over nations. The Nigerian church is no different. In 2015, and even two years ago, we did the same thing. Churches were holding night vigils, tarry nights, and praying for the election, and prophesying whom God was going to make president. Again, at that time, I laughed. Because I knew better. That that is not God's business. That is not his priority. We are not different from the Jews. The church has not been different from the Jews because when the Jews were expecting Jesus, or rather were expecting a Messiah, they thought the Messiah was coming to deliver them from Roman rule. At that time, the government in Rome was in charge of Palestine. They will appoint centurions, military centurions to rule over the people and then appoint local stooges like Herod to oppress the people. It was, they, they were so scared that they were praying in their synagogue for the Messiah to come. And they thought that when Messiah came, he's going to send Rome packing. Well, Messiah came. Jesus showed up. And they didn't do that. And that's why they couldn't understand Jesus. Even John the Baptist, who was full of the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb, missed the point. When he was thrown into jail by Herod, he sent the disciples to Jesus, go and ask this man, are you the person who is to come or do we look for another? Jesus replied, go and tell John what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Jesus was saying to John the Baptist, go and tell John God's agenda is not political. God's agenda is to preach the gospel. And even the apostles, after three years with Jesus in ministry, brought him back to the same question in Acts chapter 1, which we read in the lesson this morning. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Jerusalem? You know, Jesus didn't even answer that question. He gave this powerful commission. You shall receive power. Hallelujah. It's to tell them that is not God's agenda. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be witnesses. That is the message this morning. God wants you and me to be what? Witnesses to our generation. In every sphere of life he has placed us. Whether you are a doctor, whether you are a lawyer, 
whether you are an artisan, whether you are a trader, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a pharmacist, whatever vocation, whether you are a pastor, whatever vocation, whatever profession God has called you into, your primary call as a Christian is to be a witness. There are four words I want to emphasize as I go through this message this morning. One is the calling. Two is the cause, the purpose. Three is the context. And four, the commitment. The topic today is to go ye into the workplace, into the marketplace, into your vocation place and make disciples. Go ye into it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the strategy being employed by Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, FGBMFI. If you are a Christian, you have a calling. Ephesians 4 1 says, Work worthy of the calling or the vocation where which you are called. You should work worthy of God who has called you into his kingdom and glory. 1 Thessalonians 2 2. Every Christian serves God full time. Are you listening to me? Hello? Every Christian serves God full time. You don't have to think it's only the pastors that are serving God full time. Every one of us is a priest of God. We serve God full time. For the Christian, there is nothing like secular life. Are you with me? There is nothing like secular life. Our entire life is spiritual. It's so unfortunate that the men of the world, the men of the occult, understand this more than us. I'm told the story of one of the Senate presidents in this country, somebody who worked closely with him. He's an evil man, I don't want to call his name. Whenever he arrives in his office in the morning and he goes into his president of Senate's office, the first thing he does is to open the door, walk into the room, and walk around his table and chair three or four times. When he finishes walking around his table and chair three or four times, he will make some incantations before he sits down. That is the man of understanding. Hallelujah. He knows that even that seat he's occupying is not secular. To him, he's spiritual. Never mind, he's working for the devil. And you as a Christian should understand also that your vocation, that your calling, your vocation, your profession is your calling. And you are called into that vocation as a witness for Christ. Full time. That is why you should not belittle anything you do. That is why you should arrive at your place of work in the morning and the first thing you do is to call your staff together to pray. Because there is nothing secular about your business. Amen. 
We are called to be workers in God's business. Your business should be God's business. And what a wonderful privilege it is to call my business God's business. When you accept or make your business God's business, it means you are not responsible for the outcome. Isn't that what it means? All you need to do is to commit the business to the Lord. He will be responsible for this outcome. What is required of us is to show up and trust the Lord for increase. Hallelujah. We are stewards. In 1 Corinthians 4.2 It is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. The primary purpose of our business or vocation is to be the salt of the earth and to attract everyone to Christ. For we preach not ourselves, the Bible says, but Christ Jesus and ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. Yours is to show up every morning at your place of calling. We belong to a kingdom and there are only two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. It's your business fully kingdom business? That's a question you should answer this morning. If you're a businessman, if you have a business, you have a, a place in the market, you have a place you go to and you're in charge, or a place you go to and you are even just a worker. Make it kingdom business. Because your vocation is the tool of your calling. It is your ministry. And there should be nothing secular about it. Because like I said before, every Christian serves God full time. Do you know the purpose of your calling? Jesus says, for this cause God saved me for this hour. In Philippians 3, 4, Apostle Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. In 2 Timothy 4, 7 he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The greatest course for our vocation, for our business, must be to live for Christ and to make disciples for him. If you are an employer, your employee must know your course. They must know what, where you stand. Your business is not just a profit-making machine to bless you and your family. The cost must be Christ. Everybody has an affinity towards his own people grouping. The commission is to go into all the world. It speaks directly to this concept. All the world means ethnos. E-T-H-N-O-S. Ethnos. Or people groupings. That have something common to them. Ndibo are ethnos. Yorubas are ethnos. Every tribal group, ethnos. Architects, ethnos. Doctors are ethnos. So people grouping. Whatever may be your pro profession, lawyer, ethnos, teachers, ethnos, people grouping, 
That's all the world. It is not about your talent. The question is, what influence are you welding in your ethnos, in your people group, in your vocational calling, amongst your colleagues? What influence do you weld? What impact? Do they, do they know you? Do they know you or you're hiding your identity so you can do whatever you like? Go into the marketplace is a commission for everybody. Everybody is a brand. You advertise your brand every day by how you present and carry and conduct yourself. How do you know your brand? It is the deliverables that you bring into your marketplace. The question I want to ask you today, what is your life about? Do people know what your life is about? What is your vision? What is your purpose? What is your mission? In Habakkuk 2 verse 2, the Bible says to write the vision upon tables and make it plain. You must have a vision. You must have a mission. Let your life not just be carried about by every wind. Let your life not just be tossed to and fro by the vicissitudes of life. Let your life be purpose-driven. If your life is not purpose-driven, the world will brand you as a loafer. And often people say who you are by the way you carry yourself. And it's important what people say about you. Jesus was concerned about what people said about him. In Matthew 16, he asked disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What do people say about you? In your marketplace. If you're a trader, what do shopkeepers around you say about you? Do you cheat like them? Do you cut corners like them? Are you different for Christ? As an architect, I am determined and I work hard to be the best for Christ. Hallelujah. And God has honored that. Because every client I have worked with as an architect discover I'm a Christian. And I impact him for Christ. And he takes it upon himself to introduce me to other people. I'm determined to make an impact in their lives. Hallelujah. What drove me into Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International is this same purpose. To be the best I can be for Christ and to be a witness for him. Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, FGB, MFI, is about every member impacting his ethnos and pointing his colleagues to Christ. That is all it is about. It is not an elitist gathering of Christians. No. Even though we call it businessmen, your vocation is your business. If you're a teacher, it's your business. If you're a trader, it's your business. If you're a carpenter, it's your business. You can belong. 
you have an ethos. You can be relevant. You can be part of the fellowship to reach others for Christ. It was founded by a dairy farmer in 1951 as a platform for men to be drawn to Christ. The only agenda we have is to bring people to Christ. Amen. I was privileged to be part of the start of the first chapter in this city in 1985. I was the first part of the five members that were brought together to start the chapter. Amen. Today, from that one chapter, we have over 60 chapters in Enugu alone. And about 3,600 chapters nationwide. Each of those 60 chapters meets in one hotel or the other in town. Why do we meet in the hotel? It's not because there are no churches to go and meet. No. We go to hotels because that is where the unbeliever is. That is where people gather to drink and socialize and do bad things. So we go there. Amen. One of the reasons why the Pharisees couldn't figure out Jesus was that he went to eat with publicans and tax collectors. And they said, if this man is the man of God, he will know that he can't be sitting around with tax collectors to be eating. So, FGB MFI strategy came from Jesus. He was at home with tax collectors and sinners. Because he says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Hallelujah. So we go into the hotels and invite our friends there. And when they come there, we share a meal with them and we give our testimony. A testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives and then we challenge them to come to Christ. And hundreds of thousands have come to Christ by that method. In 1987 alone, when I was chapter president of the single chapter in Enugu, our records had it that we had 559 conversions of men. One year alone, 559. You can imagine the multiplier effect from that time. Now there are 60 chapters meeting every week in one hotel or the other. So you can imagine. They may not be as big as the first chapter. But every week, in every hotel in this city, most hotels in this city, somebody is answering an altar call to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you understand the context of your calling? In what circumstance or situation of vocational setting has God placed you? He desires to use you. And that is what we who belong to that fellowship have covenanted with God. I may not be able to give you details of what happens in all the chapters now in this city. Because I have and I operate beyond the city. And I operate nationally and actually internationally. By the grace of God, I'm the chairman of the Global Forum of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. But my life is about the same thing. To be a signet for Christ. To be a point of attraction. For those who God has put in my sphere of influence. 
to be a point of attraction to bring them to Christ. Hallelujah. You are excelling in your vocation is the most potent testimony for Christ to bring people to him. If you are a failure in your vocation, I wouldn't want to know which God you believe in. Hello? Are you with me today? But if everybody knows you to be a success in your vocation, if you talk about Jesus, they want to find out if they too can believe in the same Jesus like you do. Amen. Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3.13, I count not myself to have a pretender, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. This one thing I do, simplify your life. This one thing I do, what would be that one thing? Do people know who you are? Do people around your business setting, your ethnos, your sphere, do they know your cause? Do they know who you are? Do they know that Christ lives in you? Are you bold to testify for Christ? The whole purpose of receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the Holy Ghost is not just so that we may prophesy and speak in tongues. Jesus says you will receive power. Power to be witnesses. Power to be able to share your testimony and tell people what God has done. Hallelujah. Amen. I get to preach every many, many places. And in the past two, three years, whatever I get to preach, the first thing I do is to testify that God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. I'll testify that God has blessed my business. Amen. I'll testify that God has touched and delivered me from cancer. Amen. People are so afraid to say the word cancer. They say, don't even talk. Don't tell anybody I said so. That woman has cancer. Don't say it anywhere. That's the kind of fear the devil has driven into the life of people. Amen. But wherever I stand and carry the microphone, I stand up and say, I am a cancer patient. Hallelujah. Delivered and touched by Jesus. Amen. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. Amen. Because my life is healed with Christ in God. Amen. So as long as I remain relevant to Jesus, as long as I'm available for his service, he will keep me as long as he wants to keep me. Amen. Because he knows wherever I go, I have only one simple purpose, to testify for him. To tell the world, that he's alive today and that he heals today and that he's a faithful God. At 67, there are many people who are my age mates and they look like they're 75. Amen. 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 People who have cancer don't grow beards because hairs cannot grow anymore. I left this one bald because I like the fashion of shaving, like the canon. 
If I leave it, it's all white. And I'm a scarce of young people. So I decided to shave it with my, with my wife's permission and leave this beautiful white bed to be growing, to tell people that Jesus has touched my life. Amen. It's not growing in batches. You know, when people have cancer, their hair grows in batches. You can see it is full. God is a faithful God. You too, you too can take your testimony to your people group. Wherever you go, go and testify about Jesus. Prof, thank you for drawing the attention of the church to the primary commission to preach the gospel. Not to go and become pastor unless God calls you into that vocation. But to go into your people grouping to go into your vocation, to go into your business, to go into your enterprise, and let people know, I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I belong to Jesus. As the entire business, let them know. Let there be a poster that says, I belong to Jesus. That's a way to let them know to expect good business. To expect ethical conduct to expect to be served well because the excellency of our service delivery in our enterprise promotes the gospel that we preach amen there are some people who come to you for business and say that won't come again hallelujah thank god nobody has ever come to me for architectural service and ends up saying i won't come again all of them have become my friends for life. Amen. Because I do their jobs well. That is how I testify for Christ. And they know my cause. And they know where I, what I believe in. Amen. Let this period in this church not just be like any other. As you go through this theme, and as the pastor sensitizes you, or whoever preaches sensitizes you, Determined to be a witness for Christ as an individual. Hallelujah. Don't wait and say, no, it's the pastor's business. It is not the pastor's business. We are a kingdom of priests. And we all should be witnesses for Christ wherever we are. You don't have to be in full gospel businessmen fellowship. If you want to be, you're welcome. You can meet me after service. And I will tell you a chapter that lives near you. That operates near you. But more importantly, in every venture, in every business, in every vocation, in your place of primary work, make it a platform for ministry. Amen. Make it what? A platform for ministry. When people come into your business... Let them walk out and say, something different happens here. They should be able to say that. And if you keep tracks, or like us in Food Gospel, we keep voice magazines, you can give them. And they will read about Jesus. And maybe call you back and find out more about Jesus. Determine that your business is kingdom business.
And the benefit is that you will no longer be responsible for the outcome. Jesus will be responsible for the outcome. Because when you make your business kingdom business, and you give Jesus preeminence in that business, he will bless that business. You will allow him to use the resources of that business for the kingdom. And he will promote that business. And make you a signet in your generation. Hallelujah. May God touch us in a very special way in this season. Despite the pandemic we are fighting, may God enable us to shine for him. Wherever we are, wherever we go, let everybody who come in contact with know our cause, know our purpose. And be willing to ask us, what is it that drives you? Take every opportunity that's available to you to say something about what Jesus is doing in your life. God will use it to draw men to himself. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for every professional in this auditorium this morning. In whatever professional grouping they belong. Lord, you know each person. Father, enough of our being in the margins of life. Today, I pray that you will challenge us to make our businesses, to make our marketplace, to make our professional life kingdom business and enable you drive what we do. Enable you to motivate us to live as witnesses for the kingdom. Enable us to be a point of attraction for Jesus wherever we find ourselves. It is not by power, not by might, it is by your spirit. Today, energize us afresh by the Holy Ghost and make us true witnesses for Christ. Thank you for hearing this prayer. For we offer it in Jesus' name. Amen.